From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hey everyone, welcome to the Anxiety Project podcast number 51. I am your host, Brad Robinson, and this episode is all about my five worst anxiety symptoms. Now, everyone who goes through anxiety experience experience similar sensations and symptoms, but people misinterpret or react more emotionally towards certain symptoms more than others. Symptoms can be shivering, sweating, having a dry mouth, chest pains, body zaps, shallow depth of field, the lump in the throat sensation, and tingly sensations in the hands and feet. These are very common sensations, and but somebody can react more emotionally to body zaps where someone else can react more emotionally to the chest pain. So this is my list of the sensations I reacted to the most and that affected me the most when I went through severe anxiety in my past. Um, I was very sensitized. I lived a very sensitized life when I was going through this anxiety for years. I was traumatized by the events from my past. Those emotional memories created a lot of anxiety within me as well as my chaotic lifestyle, I didn't have any goals. I didn't have anything I was pursuing. I was afraid of the outside world. So I eventually secluded myself at home. I wanted to be around family and friends, people I was familiar with, just in case. What if I had a heart attack and... No one was around to help me, so I wanted to be around people. I was suffering from health anxiety. I was a hypochondriac. And so a hypochondriac is a person who obsesses endlessly over their state of health. And so I was always internal. I wasn't living an external life. I wasn't caring about something bigger than me or someone bigger than me. I was always worried about myself. I was very dependent. I was very dependent on family and friends for their support. And so every day I was suffering from anxiety and every day I felt the sensations of my anxiety. And so I became so concerned over them. And then that led to doctor visits. And, and then when one doctor said, hey, Brad, you know, everything's fine. I wasn't convinced. So I had to go see another doctor. So in this podcast, 
I want to go over my list of sensations that I found to be the worst for me. And so I want, I really want to do this podcast because it will relate to people who are going through these symptoms and these sensations and and open up their eyes because people with anxiety have very a very narrow perspective and they believe that these sensations equal a worst case scenario but that's simply not the case so i want this podcast to broaden your horizon and and to look at these sensations as normal bodily sensations and not abnormal so I also want to make myself clear that it's not wise to have this anxiety response active for a very, very long time. I mean, I had mine active for years, right? But what it does is it wears down your immune health and it makes you more vulnerable to sickness, that is why it is important to implement relaxation techniques and change your lifestyle so you can reduce the activation of the anxiety response so that your immune health gets stronger and that you become more vibrant. So going through anxiety and anxiety recovery, it's all about changing your lifestyle and it's also about improving yourself and implementing techniques to reduce the stress response. Now, let's get into my worst anxiety symptoms, starting with number five. Number five is depersonalization. And depersonalization is one of the most common symptoms. It can also be quite scary, so it can be easy to misinterpret this sensation. Depersonalization is the sensation of being detached from the world and being unfamiliar with the world. Also the sensation of being disconnected from your own body and the feeling that you are losing touch with reality. You may feel like you are robotic and that you cannot control your movements or your speech. It's also the feeling of being immersed in your own thoughts, being a slave to your own thoughts. People with depersonalization question everything, including one's own purpose, their sanity, and their reality. People, including my past self, misinterpret depersonalization as being permanent, as being scary. It's actually a natural defense mechanism. This defense system 
of the mind and the body is used to protect itself during times of physical or mental trauma. It's important to remember that depersonalization will never lead to insanity or psychosis. It is just a natural defense mechanism. And this feeling fades away in time. And it's not permanent. It's not permanent. I used to misinterpret desensitization. I believed I was going crazy. I believed that I was losing my mind. This only makes your anxiety worse. The more I viewed depersonalization as being okay and natural, the more it went away. The key is acceptance. Accepting the sensations you feel. Being aware of them and using rational self-talk. Telling yourself, you know what? These sensations are natural, a normal bodily response. They're not permanent. I feel this way because of my anxiety. And I'm just going to use relaxation techniques to calm my system. You know, relaxation techniques such as body scan meditation where you become familiar with your body during that meditation, where you don't label the sensations as anything, but you view them as for what they are. That's a great meditation for depersonalization to get you into, into the present moment, to make yourself more mindful of the sensations and not label them as anything serious. A very, very, very good technique. Number four is nausea. Nausea. I experienced nausea. And and nausea was something I reacted to quite strongly when I felt panic and anxiety. It's the feeling of being sick and I was always afraid of throwing up in certain environments. Say I was in a classroom or which was true. I was in a classroom one time when I had severe anxiety. I was in a concert hall. I was on the subway and then I would entertain the thought of throwing up because of the sensation I felt. And then I would think catastrophic thoughts such as, what if I throw up here on the subway and everyone gets grossed out and thinks I'm disgusting, right? So it's that fear of embarrassment that was behind that nauseous sensation. I was afraid of embarrassing myself. I was at a concert hall and I felt nauseous when I was experiencing anxiety. 
And so I was afraid of being sick. I was imagining myself throwing up and, and everyone's just looking or I was thinking catastrophic thoughts such as, you know, what if I can't get out of here in time and I throw up? So when I overcame my anxiety disorder, I then realized, wait a minute, you know, it's not the act of throwing up that I didn't like. It was mainly the thought of embarrassment and, and, and being embarrassed by throwing up in a public place. So when the anxiety response is active, your body releases a rush of hormones. And this release of hormones affects your immune system and creates this nauseous feeling. It's a very common feeling. Think of it and think of it like you're an actor and actors talk about this all the time where you're about to go on stage. They feel sick to their stomach and sometimes, you know, they'll throw up, but they feel sick and that's a natural bodily response. So when I was going through my anxiety disorder, I told myself, Hey, Hey Brad, you know, you've, you've experienced this nauseous feeling before but you've never thrown up in a public place and you're not going to throw up now. It's just a natural feeling from this anxiety response. Number three is lightheadedness. Lightheadedness. As soon as I would recognize my body shifting into the anxiety response, my head would become tingly and numb. I would then feel like I'm losing control and becoming trapped, trapped in my own body. I would then panic, afraid that I'm going to faint, afraid that I would need to go to the hospital. Lightheadedness is a subcategory of depersonalization. It's a similar feeling. It's a similar feeling of losing control, being a robot and being a slave to your thoughts. This is because the amygdala, which initiates the fight, flight or freeze response, it takes over all other brain processes. That is why you feel like you are losing control, that you are not in control anymore. The amygdala takes command and you are now in the driver's seat when the anxiety response is active. This is because your body is preparing to respond accordingly and Conscious thought, rational thought becomes less existent because your amygdala is responding to this danger. So there is no need for any rational thoughts. There is no need for any conscious thoughts. 
it's taken control. The amygdala has taken control of you. And now you are left in the passenger seat. Lightheadedness. This was one of the sensations I reacted to the most. And I gave quite... I I gave this sensation a lot of emotion. I was very, very sensitized to that feeling. It would freak me out every time I would feel it because I didn't want to feel like I was losing control. But that losing control feeling is only natural. It's only my body responding accordingly. Number two, hyperventilating. Hyperventilating. And hyperventilating is the feeling of not getting enough air. This made my anxiety worse because I thought I was suffocating. Now, I experienced night terrors when going through my anxiety disorder where I would wake up in the middle of the night grasping for air. And now, this traumatized me because I felt like I was suffocating. I felt like I was going to faint. And so these these nights where I would wake up grasping for air, I didn't realize that it was just my anxiety, that it was just a natural response from my body. I didn't know that. I thought I had something physically wrong with me. And so I would be afraid to go back to sleep because I was afraid I wasn't even going to wake up. I was afraid of that. I was afraid of waking up again, grasping for air. It was terrifying. So I would make myself stay awake because I was just so afraid of experiencing that sensation again, the feeling of not getting enough air. And then this also caused my head to feel light. And having these sensations of not getting enough air made me more internal. I was always focusing on my breath. Am I getting enough air? You know, how long should I breathe for? And and so forth. And this would cause a lot of yawning as well. I would always be yawning, you know, trying to get more air, oxygen into my system. I would experience this shallow breathing at certain events like concert events, crowded places, I would then pay attention to to my breathing and then that would be associated with fainting and then I would be worried about what if I faint here in this crowd. So rational self-talk like, you know, Brad, I haven't fainted before because of anxiety and I won't faint now. That was good rational self-talk. That helped me get through those negative thoughts, those catastrophic thoughts, and not let my anxiety snowball out of control. 
So a good way to handle this shallow breathing is implementing slow rhythmic breathing. Two by two by two breathing. Two seconds inhale through the nose. Pause for two seconds. And then two seconds out through the mouth. And that would help me get back into a more relaxed state. This brings us into number one. The number one sensation that I didn't like the most and that I reacted to the most was my racing heart and heart palpitations. The feeling of having a heart attack. But it's not that it's the feeling of having a heart attack. For me, it was the idea of having a heart attack. And that's what it's like for most anxiety sufferers. This is such a common symptom. Because when the amygdala becomes activated, it is preparing the body to fight, flight, or freeze. The heart will beat faster when faced with a potential threat. And this generates more energy within the body. Your heart is pumping more blood to your extremities. It's doing this because you need to respond appropriately to the perceived danger. You need to respond. You need to get up and run out of there. Or you need to fight. You need to fight. So that's why your heart is pumping faster. More energy is building up because you need to respond accordingly. So that is why this racing heart sensation can get misinterpreted. It can feel like, oh my God, I'm having a heart attack. My heart is just pounding out of my chest. But that's simply not the case. What's happening is your body is preparing itself to fight or run away. So even though there's no lion or there's no axe murderer right in front of you, your amygdala has in fact perceived something in your environment as being threatening. When you do feel your heart racing, work with it. Go for a walk. Run or do some stretching. Put all that built-up energy to good use. Remember, this anxiety response has been with us for millions of years. It's natural and will not kill you. Watch how you misinterpret these sensations. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope this podcast episode resonated with you. I would also love to hear from you. Go to unpluganxiety.com. Send me emails if you have any questions. If you want to sign up for coaching, go there right now. Thank you so much. Remember, 
Do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye. For more podcast episodes, for more video content, and one-on-one coaching with me via Skype, visit www.unpluganxiety.com for everything you need to know about ending anxiety naturally. I love you all. Have a great day. Bye-bye.